Okay, hello again, everybody. Another week, another film for us to discuss. So, um, yeah, uh, September is almost over. So, um, I guess this would be a good time to talk about how you're doing with September Fest. <laughs> uh, well, September Fest is going to be a little thin this year. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I've watched two more movies since we last talked. I was hoping to fit a few more in there, but. You know, sometimes with these movies, you really got to be ready to commit um, yeah. to them. Um, I did watch Hereditary. Um, that did end up making it onto the list. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it to Us or The Lighthouse because I know that those have a, quite a, a long-running time. Um, and just with my days off, I have a lot of other things I kind of want to fit in um, as well. <clears throat> but I did watch Hereditary, and I watched one last night called The Remains. Um the Remains in particular had a very interesting idea. Um, the setup took way too long, and it killed the rest of the movie. There's 30 minutes left in the movie before anything actually starts happening. Um, mm. The director also wrote it and edited it, and it kind of shows. I don't know mm. how much experience he's had with doing all three of those things at once, um, but it kind of shows. Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to take on the, all of that responsibility, that's great um really ambitious but i mean i don't know if he just couldn't find an editor or not there's not a lot that i could find on the movie um but it was a hulu pick and it wasn't like i said it wasn't terrible but it just i don't know how all these people in these horror movies who move into a victorian house have a a disposable income it's always, <laughs> the children never need to go to school ever yeah never. yeah yeah um they're just chilling like <laughs> at home. Yeah, exactly. They're always at home to be terrorized. Um, mm. <laughs> and then oh, there was one other part of it that about these movies that always bothers me. And all it would take is a tiny little bit of dialogue of explanation. That's all it would take. But it's never there. Oh, they oh, they always buy houses sight unseen. Yeah. Always. And I asked my my boyfriend, I was like, because who has had some experience in like houses and stuff like that? He knows mm -hmm. how the laws work. I was like, how often do, do, does a family of five buy a house sight unseen? He's like, never, <laughs> never. Um, so that's something that always bothers me. But we wouldn't have these haunted house stories if people weren't just a little bit stupid. <laughs> so Yeah, there. you know, the, the, the suspension of disbelief is always like something to play with, right? Like Exactly. That's one of the things I appreciated about the ha the haunting of Hill House, um, the most recent adaptation, was that these are people who are buying a house, going into it knowing it's already going to have issues because that's what they do. They flip houses. They yeah. give them a new life. They give them a mm -hmm. facelift. And I'm pretty sure that parts of it does take place over a summer when they're younger. So it explains why they're not going to school or their mom also homeschools them. It's been a while since I watched it. But they do explain certain things that would normally bother me about a house haunting. But regardless, um, but yeah, so September Fest is going to be thin, <laughs> long story short. Cool. So you're going to do another video just sort of wrapping up? Yep. And I also have a, um, honorable mentions. That's something else I want to do is um, going forward with September Fest is just compile a list of movies that from either my childhood that scared me or movies that didn't make the cut that I didn't want to do a full video on. Um, but yeah, I got an honorable mentions list, so that'll take up some time. Um, so yeah, it, it's coming. Cool. Yeah, well, definitely looking forward to that. So, you know, <laughs> in celebration of that, we're talking about another David Cronenberg film. We started this series of podcasts by reviewing Videodrome, 
which was interesting. Uh, and now we're going to talk about Scanners, which is one hell of a movie. What a crazy movie. There is a lot. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, you know, I always, what's interesting about him is I feel like he, he deals with a lot of stuff that, uh, like, like this, there are certain things in certain genres that this reminds me a lot of. Uh, but it's just a very low budget version of it, you know? <laughs> and things explode very easily. Like, oh my God. Also, can I just say, I love Michael Ironside. He's cool. He's really cool. I, I low key crush on Michael Ironside just because of how angry and mean he is. I'm just like, I, I love him in Total Recall. He's such a bastard in it, but I love his main his mania in it. Like he, he just wants to kill him. He just wants to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger. So yeah, bad. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was great in this. I was so happy seeing yeah. his name in the credits. There's some things that he's really, really great at, and yeah. I feel like he's he's a guy like I feel like I haven't seen him in a movie in ten years. I remember. I think the last thing I saw him in. I don't know if he's been anything since. But he was in um, Terminator Salvation. He had a smaller part in that, bitching Christian Bale out, which is so appropriate for Michael Ironside. Um, he's just really good at playing a hard ass, and I, I think every action movie needs that character. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just he's always he's always been in movies. Like he always pops up in something. He's really good in Starship Troopers. <laughs> oh, he is in Starship Troopers. <laughs> he's like. I need to rewatch that. It's been years. Yeah, I almost feel like that's something we should review for this. I would totally be down for that because yeah. I think the last time I watched Starship Troopers, it was on VHS. Oh wow, there's a lot to talk about with that film. Um, I'd be yeah. curious to read the book as well, honestly. Yeah, yeah, Highland's a great writer for sure. Um, I've I've read uh, some of his novels. <laughs> anyway, so this film, Scanners, very out there kind of stuff. So. You know, I guess we should get into the plot. So the film opens up with the, some, <laughs> it's, it's funny, like how kind of dated this stuff is, right? So it's a guy at a shopping mall who appears to be very homeless, right? He seems like a vagabond and he's eating food <laughs> that's left over. <laughs> Ew, when he picked up the hot, first of all, it's a hot dog. Second of all, someone's <laughs> half eaten a hot dog. Ugh. You that's nasty people judge you i'm sorry Not yeah for homeless but just for eating leftover food mm -hmm. yeah so this guy we don't know who he is he's just you know he he looks super disheveled and kind of you know like like he doesn't he's not an upstanding citizen and he's eating leftover food at a mall yeah and he's eating his food and he's like looking around or whatever and then this woman's like kind of she's a karen uh, yeah she <laughs> Before <laughs> she's a Karen. <laughs> this is the original Karen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Karen is like a universal thing, right? We just oh, never yeah. had a term for it. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so Karen is like, so what? She, I, I, I'm not sure. Was he like kind of in her head, or was she actually saying like, oh, look at this guy? I think because she was with someone, so I think she was really being judgmental. I think yeah, it was yeah. for him. I don't think mm -hmm. any, but I don't think they were expecting him to overhear her. Although I don't think this is a woman who really cares if she's overheard. Yeah, yeah. Karen, yeah. Karen's want people to hear them. Yeah, um, yeah. They want to be as obtrusive as possible. <laughs> exactly. So I think it's probably heightened for him because he's already mm -hmm. tapped in. He's already tapped in. He's already zeroed in on her. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just. 
it's just made more loud for him so that we can kind of be put into his perspective of being judged and looked down on. Yeah. So he, like you said, he zeroes in on this woman who's like, just basically talking shit about him, like how he's a bum and blah, blah, blah. And it's nasty talking to her friend. Um, And then he really like kind of, he starts using something we, we don't know exactly, but it's like some telekinetic power on this woman and she just starts freaking out and she's she's being physically harmed by what we can only surmise or his thoughts or his abilities mm-hmm. and she just like goes into a seizure um and then these two guys in gray coats see him and they go after him and he's trying to run away from them what i think is Which, funny about this is that they dart him they yeah. don't like try and use a syringe or something a little bit more <laughs> I don't know, subtle. They literally dart him. <laughs> yeah, they dart him like he's a freaking lion or something on the Serengeti. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, they dart him and they, you know, they knock him out. And after, you know, a little struggle, they're able to capture him. And this guy, we, we later we learn his name's Cameron. Uh, he wakes up strapped to a bed and this scientist dude comes in and starts talking to him. He's like, you know, you know why you're derelict? It's because you're a scanner. And that could be your greatest source of power. And <laughs> and then then they let in a bunch of people and he can hear all their thoughts or something. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming him. Uh, and then I think they he gives him the uh, like a shot of the medication and it calms it down. Yeah, ephemeral. And the guy the guy who's helping him is this guy, Dr. Paul Ruth. So when we kind of figure out who he is later. Uh, and that's kind of how we're introduced to this idea of what a scanner is and what they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very, like, like this film does a really interesting, it throws you into the deep end, right? Yes. It, it doesn't hold your hand. It's like, here's some stuff. And after I've thrown this stuff at you, then I'm going to kind of explain it to you. Yeah. Slowly. Um, very, yeah, it, 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 it was like. No, hold, no holds barred from the jump, pretty much. No, and he doesn't really coddle him when he exposes him to loud loud, loud thoughts, essentially, because they're not yeah. speaking verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of overexposes his senses and that kind of, I think, to the point where he can get comfortable with loud noises because up until that point, he was probably, probably numbing it in other ways because we don't really know a lot about Cameron until we see him for the first time. Um so we can only imagine what he was doing to try and drown out the noises. Um, but yeah, so he kind of, Dr. Ruth kind of overexposes him, assaults the senses, so that, and then gives him a shot, and then brings him back down again. So, which yeah. is very scientific when you think about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, yeah, this whole thing, because this is basically the beginning of his training, right? It gave it's me, like- I wondered if it, was, if it was at all, if it all inspired heroes a little bit the television show because I kind of got some heroes vibes. You know, there's, a, there's not a, not everyone has, is a scanner, but there are a lot of them. And there's almost like this quest to find more. And even this more nefarious quest to create more. Um, because even if there's someone who is good and, you know, pure hearted with these powers, there's always someone who is the opposite of that. Um, so yeah. I like that. Cause I like, I like ideas of like a bunch of people with all these crazy powers but they're all over the world and people having to find more like them i mean the, for me i i just felt like this was like the x-men basically oh the x-men as well for sure yeah and 
we it, it gets closer to that kind of a stuff when we find out the why right <laughs> later we find out the why and then i was really like okay this is like the x-men but like x-men if it was you know very um sort of you know like contained power set mm-hmm. like they 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 all can kind of the scanners can all basically do the same thing whereas yeah, you know you get the impression some are more stronger than others and stuff like that just like there's always strong one more stronger mutant or anything like that like magneto dr xavier um the yeah. Phoenix. Um, yeah. but yeah there's always there's always one that's has a bigger brain <laughs> exactly 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 there's always a bigger fish <laughs> so then we get the scene where it's like i don't even know what what exactly was going on but it was just a bunch of like corporate suits at some kind of like a, a meeting and i guess the idea of this meeting was to have the company show people the power of scanners i guess or something like that yeah probably a select uh, vip group maybe looking for investors, I would assume, too. Um, it's all kind of vague. This guy's just going to give a demonstration. Um, and, of course, as soon as you see Michael Ironside, if you know who he is <laughs> and who a character he's played, it's kind of like, this is not going to end well. I, th- I thought it was a nice switcheroo because I didn't know who my, Michael Ironside was going to play, if it was going to be a major role or a minor role. Um, but now I finally know what that's, that GIF is from, or that GIF is from. <laughs> Yeah, the brain exploding, the head exploding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he, so this guy is like going to do a demonstration. He's going to randomly pick someone. He picks Michael Ironside. Um, and the guy is going to scan Michael Ironside, I guess. Uh, but little does he know that he is fighting a Jedi Master, not like some Padawan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Michael That's Ironside. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So Michael Ironside kills the guy. He overwhelms him and makes his head explode. Literally, the head just explodes. Boom, and, and then everyone has to like get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, they're like clear the room. I'm like, there's also a headless corpse hanging out right there too. But <laughs> no, let's let's do the enemy first. That makes sense too. I mean, I get it, but ugh. I mean, also Michael Ironside kind of plays a little dumb too. Like we almost get yeah. the sense of like. Oh, maybe he isn't aware of his power or anything like that because I think he's let them subdue him a little bit. I think he definitely let him because at this point he had to have built up an immunity to whatever cocktail they were injecting him with. Oh, for sure. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. Oh, please don't vomit. Oh no. She's fine. She's fine. fine. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Um, Great. But yeah, I think he lets him subdue him a little bit, and uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really, again, this is another scene where they throw us in the deep end. We we don't really understand what's going on. Yeah, we're not sure if we should feel bad for him because he made this guy's head explode, or if we should be afraid of him because he's obviously trying to run away, you know? So automatically we're, we might think, oh, well, this poor guy, he doesn't know what he's doing. No, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he, yeah, he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And then, so they try to subdue him, and then they, they there's a scene where, like, one of the doctors is trying to give him uh some kind of you know injection that'll calm him down or subdue him mm-hmm. and he does a jedi mind trick basically on the on the guy and makes him inject the the guy inject himself instead of inject him um and so yeah we're starting to see like what scanners are capable of you know first scene we see the we see cameron um basically 
you know, almost kill or harm this woman because he's into her head. Uh-huh. And then Daryl makes this guy's head explode. And then he, he's able to control the actions of another person. Uh-huh. So they, they're able to do a lot. They're very powerful. Yeah, but it, it shows, like, how much it... Because it hurts Cameron to an extent getting inside this woman's head because he's it's obviously either weakening him or it's too much for even him as well. Um, where Daryl is a little bit more trained. You know, he's, like you said, he's a Jedi yes. master at this point. He knows that he can take the pain. He's built an immunity to it. <clears throat> and um, as more practiced as well. He has way more practice at this than Cameron does. Yeah, totally. And, and then we get some more scenes with Daryl. Like, they're they're trying to take him somewhere. Like, these these people who arrested him. But, again, he they they've been sprung into his trap, and he's able to use his powers to manipulate the situation where there's like a car accident and then the guy who has a gun on him, he makes him kill himself and he just gets away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's, and now we know for sure this guy is the villain and he's, he is a force to be reckoned with hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and it's young Michael Ironside. So <laughs> pretty, he's, badass. <laughs> he's hella badass. Yeah. He's hella badass in this movie. Um, so then we get this scene with this company. I feel like there's always a company, right? Like it's the same with video drum. It's there's some weird corporation and they, they're the source of the evil. Well, so it, Terminator Skynet was evil corporation yeah. or Cyberdyne systems, whatever. There's always someone at a, at a conference table who are assholes. Aliens too. <laughs> yeah. Wayland Yutani. Like, I feel like, Oh, RoboCop. I feel like the 80s were just full of people. Like, they just hated these guys. Hated them, which I think makes sense. Yeah, they were actively, like, destroying the social order that people were used to. Uh, It was, it was like, it was, it was full force. And I think people were like, F this. (laughs) Well, I think also for, like, grand scale things like this, like, obviously, if you're going to be investigating people with or doing experiments on people with these extraordinary abilities, you have to have money behind it. There's always a reason why these corporate entities are there. It's usually because they need money to support whatever they're doing. So it might also just be like an easy means to an end. Um, that's what For sure. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. And, you know, the other thing too, like this is, this kind of makes me think of, um, oh, I forget the guy, I forget his name, but he was the guy who wrote like Jurassic Park and Westworld. Michael Crane. Yeah, Michael Crichton. I mean, that was the reason why he always, you know, when he was thinking these things up, it was always, oh, some corporation that's trying to profit off of this IP. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was like half of his books that we didn't know of. Well, mo- well, there was a lot of there was more corporate entity in the book of in the first book of Jurassic Park than there is in the film. Um, the character Dotson has a way bigger part in in the in the book. There's way more back and forth between Hammond and his board of directors than just um Gennaro in the film because you have to have one character represent a whole other yeah. entity um yeah. but they, they cut a lot of that out of the film which is fine because this is an action adventure you know beast movie you know mm-hmm. monster movie yeah. yeah creature feature yeah exactly um but no the 80s were definitely full of that and Michael Crichton definitely had an axe to grind in some way he wanted them to be the real monster because they are most of the time let's face it yeah they are for real. I mean, the boardroom is where a lot of <laughs> some of the worst decisions that ever have been made, right? <laughs> I, I think the CEO of Nestle once said human beings don't have a right to water. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. If I see Nestle yeah. on the name of something, I try not to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's like <laughs> me. the type of human, the, you know. And, and again, we, we were talking about um, before. Oh, I, f- I forget the the name, but like the guy, the guy who wrote Starship Troopers, um, Heinlein. Uh, they, he did he did this book, The Moon's a Harsh Mistress, and there's it's about a revolt on the moon that happens because some people were trying to profit off of air. Because, you know, yeah, it would be like if in some boardroom, it's like, you know, on the moon, people don't have a right to air. And so mm-hmm. we're going to have to profit off of it. And that's just how it's going to be. Well, it's the same with like um, Total Recall, you know, like the mutants are living in these shitty little hovels and they're yeah. gonna, with one switch. They can just turn off these already slow moving fans that are venting in like oxygen and air. And with one switch, they can just turn it off. Yeah. And that's another guy in a suit with in, involved in the corporation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The corporations are very evil. So yeah, so this corporation concept—that's our, you know, evil corporation. Uh, they are an international security company, which is to say they're and they they have like private armies. This mm-hmm. is what's said in this boardroom meeting. So they're like Blackwater basically, and they do espionage and this other stuff. Um. So, yeah, and they are running a program to sort of, well, they had in the past been running a program to, like, kind of, I guess, study scanners and... Use them um, for undercover and espionage, mm-hmm. you know. If you can, if you have a person who can read someone's mind, it's kind of a perfect spy. Yeah, exactly. And um, this is where we, we learn more about Daryl, is Daryl Revick, and he's the one who infiltrated their meeting and assassinated uh, their scanner. Um, and basically his intention, Daryl's intention is to, I guess, I, I, (laughs) it's funny, but like, I feel like the best way to describe it is that he's basically Magneto for scanners. Yes. That is a very, he's a, he's a very good template for it. Um, he is a very, because he does kind of have a tragic past. Um, it's kind of that he knows too much at this point to ever go back. You know, he's been where mm-hmm. where Cameron is, and he doesn't want to be there again. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to be used as a puppet. If anyone's going to be the puppet master, it's going to be him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not with him, you're against him, um, which is yeah. very much the Magneto that we've all known for so long. So definitely a lot of um, comparisons and parallels yes. to one another. Um, and just yes. like, I imagine he must have thought he himself was crazy, because we even see it later in the film. But Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, I kind of mm-hmm. feel bad for him in a lot of ways. For sure, he like when we get into their past. I mean, it's it's a real it's a real interesting twist and turn. Like when this movie kind of unveils, I guess the thematic elements of what what's going on. The motivations. Yeah, the motivations. Um, it's very really interesting. Like where he decided to go with it. Um, but yeah, like the the setup is like this guy. He has these powers. He views the people who, and their company kind of exploited him. Oh, yeah. He views them as the enemy. He sees himself and other scanners as the next step in human evolution, basically. And so they're going to get power. And he's systematically searching for scanners and either saying, join or die. Mm -hmm. So either they join with him or he kills them. And he hasn't come across anyone who's powerful enough to stop him so he's he's pretty much just been killing people at this point yep 
Um, and yeah, they talk about, so, so Dr. Paul Ruth is, he's the one who's, who started the scanner program in the past. He, uh, talks about, they had pretty much a, because you could say like a, like a long index of every scanner, but they lost them all. And, you know, now basically, um, Daryl is like recreating the program. He's finding all the people that they knew and recruiting them pretty much. So, um, yeah. So Dr. Paul Ruth, like at some point we get back to what the interactions between him and Cameron. And that's when we see like all this stuff with what happened to Daryl in the past. Like they were doing experiments on him and he was, I forget, but there's this really good scene where it's like, uh, just video of him talking and he's, you can tell it's, it's, it's the, the process of what they're doing to him is affecting him okay. adversely. Um, and basically they, they say, you know, you're going to have to face off with him because he is a destructive force and you are to be his opposite. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot to tell someone, especially when you tell them like, oh, you're not crazy, but you do have these special powers. You are the chosen one. Um, you need to be our force for good, but is it really good? You know, if they're just manipulating him at the same time. Um, and it's like, they show him this video to, of Daryl kind of really losing his shit, um, yeah. to kind of scare him into being like, this is what you could become, but this is also what you need to stop at the same time. And, and manipulate, and they're showing him the worst side of Daryl to get him to want to stop him basically. Um, and because I feel like Cameron is kind of naive and doesn't really understand what's going on, he just believes that these people have all pure good intentions. Um, but he says he's still not getting all of the facts from anyone. He's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I don't know. It, we, we we get some. So it's later on, Cameron kind of talks about like his motivations, and, and for him, it's like he wants to, you know, make the the stuff go away. Right, like the negative aspects of being a scanner, um, and I feel like Doctor Paul Ruth is kind of giving him that, and so that's where he's allowing himself to trust Doctor Paul Ruth, mm-hmm. because he's the first person that's been able to alleviate the pain and allow him to control his powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget if it was around this point or if it was later. Like there were they again more training, right? Where it's they they have they have Cameron uh, control this guy's heart rate, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they keep pushing him and pushing him and like, oh, go make it faster and faster and faster, and he's basically about to kill the guy, right? And then at the last minute, Cameron pulls back and he like, you know, he doesn't have the guy get killed. Um, and we're just seeing this slowly. He's ramping up his powers. He's getting more, more powerful. He's getting stronger and he's getting more control. And I, I feel like that's why he trusts, he trusts him is like, he's able to have that control. He's able to have, you know, the ability to like not be overwhelmed. He can stop himself if he wants to, but you can see it's almost like when it's almost like a Jedi thing when they're just tipping a little bit over the edge, like, Oh, this power is so amazing. What if I just go a little further? And, and it's always like that with, with heroes kind of like this, you know, um, the, the regular guy thrown into an extraordinary situation. Oh, what if I just go a little bit further? Well, then you're on the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that was good. I feel bad for that poor guy. He was like this 
yoga master. He can control his heart rate and stuff like that. Like, yeah, he didn't stand a chance. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like randomly torturing some dude. <laughs> like, okay. what, what did I sign up for? <laughs> <laughs> is that NDA like is that is that valid still? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's like, I thought this was a seminar. What's going on? I thought this guy just wanted a yoga class, man. Like, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> oh man. So then later we we see um this guy, it's Braden Keller. So Braden, we saw him at the first scene where with the boardroom of all the the what is it, whatever this consec people He's like head of security basically they just hired him yeah yeah so he's a double agent he's working for daryl and yeah. the two of them are conferring information um and you know at that point we know this dude's bad and you know which, he's which i think is the reason why daryl and snuck into that um um meeting in the first place when this guy was going to demonstrate his abilities as a scanner I feel like he got in there, shook things up enough to show how easy it was to infiltrate. And then, cause that's when I feel like they hired Keller. So he could get an agent of his own in there. Who's not a scanner who can fly under the radar and not have to worry about being found out. And is just completely human. And then that's his inside man. Yeah, for sure. That, that definitely makes sense because it's right after. Yeah, exactly. It's right after that. They, they bring this guy in and then we shortly after find out he is basically a traitor to, the company or whoever, mm -hmm. but is working for Daryl, the, the ultimate evil. Magneto. <laughs> yeah, he's, exactly. He's working for the Brotherhood of Mutants. <laughs> so um, Cameron is then sent off on his mission. So he's like given a lead. Um, he needs to find this guy, Benjamin Pierce. Yep. Um, who's a scanner. And he's someone who worked for Daryl, uh, but is not dead, basically. So it would be, he's like, a way for Cameron to like figure out how to find Daryl. So Cameron goes and so Ben Ben's like a he he's an artist and he um so Cameron goes to this art dealer where they're selling his art. Yeah, it's like a gallery. They're yeah, it's a gallery. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so Cameron tries to figure out how to get the information. Like he tries, it's like oh I want to buy the art, but you know I I want to meet the artist first. And the guy's like, no, no, I can't do that. I, I can only sell the art if you're, you know, if I keep his whereabouts a secret. Um, so Cameron uses his scanning powers, scans the guy to get more info out of him. And at that, at that point, he sort of figures out that he's in the presence of another scanner, this woman. I forget her name. Um, but the two of them kind of cross paths. And that's like, one of the first times he's he's come across another scanner in this film. Mm -hmm. So that was an interesting scene. I thought Ben's backstory was interesting. He was, as a kid, he tried killing his family because he probably was hearing the voices and thought he was crazy. Not that that's an excuse to kill your family. Um, but he was sent away to what I would assume would be juvenile detention of some kind. He was there for a few years. Mm -hmm. And when he got out, he started making art to cope with the voices he kept hearing and at some yeah. point along that journey encountered daryl and managed to evade him however he managed yeah. to do that 
And yeah, it's just kind of a hermit and makes art and that's how he lives his life in a quiet little woodsy area. Yeah. So what'd you think about Ben's art? <laughs> I really liked it, honestly. That's art that I don't necessarily mind. I like exaggerated figures. It's all it tells his past more than just the exposition from Dr. Ruth, honestly. You see this you see one guy on a like a, a operating table and these crazy maniacal doctors with large teeth and bulging eyes very animal very primal standing over him um there's one of that i think that uh cameron was looking at it's like rotating inside of a cage and it's two men embracing each other but they're me they're like they're becoming one almost like their skin is attached and everything like that um a lot of it seemed very violent sad and poetic very personal um so I, I personally didn't mind it at all. I really like stuff like that. It was really interesting, for sure. Uh, very expressionistic, like you said. You know, it really tells you a lot about the character, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought that was a really cool touch to the character. So, yeah, so Cameron, like, he's gotten the information out of the dealer's head. And so then he, he goes to Ben's apartment or the studio or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um. And so, you know, again, he's like talking to Ben and trying to get more information. And then this gang of people with shotguns just shows up, mm -hmm. right? And they just start blasting. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but this, the shotguns really bothered me because I was like, shotguns are the worst for long range. Like it's a short burst. It, yeah, it's a lot of buckshot and it's going to go a lot of places, but they miss him. So they yeah. only shoot him twice in all of this hellfire that they rain on him. And that kind of bugged me. I'm like, just get an automatic weapon. The shotgun is completely superfluous and a, an assassination attempt for God's sakes. Um, but yeah, these people just show up, um, presumably other scanners that are maybe not, maybe just a little bit weaker, which is why they're using the guns in which they could have mm -hmm. made their minds explode um, at the, at the behest of Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what we assume. Um, and yeah, they <laughs> they have these really crappy shotguns, but they're able to kill Ben. Um, but Cameron is able to overwhelm them with his powers. <laughs> and he just like disables all of them, takes them out. Um, so yeah, what do you think of the scene when, when, when Cameron disables them? Because it was really kind of interesting, the way that they shot it <laughs> and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> learning how to not only control his powers, but use them in a non-destructive way. Because he doesn't kill them. I don't know. I don't think Cameron kills anyone in the whole movie. I don't think. Um, at least not necessarily on purpose. Yeah, definitely not on purpose. Um, but, you know, he subdues them without killing them. And I thought it was, I thought it was, it was interesting. It was okay. You know, it's kind of what I was expecting. Um, there's something about this movie that just, whenever they use their powers, they're just making a bunch of funny faces into a yes. camera. So sometimes it was hard to really be there in the moment with them. Um, I would have liked some other kind of visual cue or something like that instead of just really loud noises, which the noises were fine. Um, kind of just garbled white noise. But yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it's just like noises and faces. Like that, <laughs> that was all we got. At least with... And actually, Roger Ebert had a really interesting review of this film because Altered States also came out around a similar time. And he preferred Altered States because when the, a character is going through a dramatic alteration in their character, we, there's a visual representation of it somewhere within the film. 
and in this there really there really isn't so it's hard to really be there in the movie with them yeah they kind of they they lean on the editing i think the editing and some of the sound stuff yeah um by the way so howard shore is the one who did the score for this film oh yeah um a very very well-renowned uh composer i want to say didn't he do the lord of the rings films i believe he did yes that's a fantastic score yeah it's really one of the greatest ever um yeah so they it was it was i don't know it it left a bit to be desired but i don't just thinking about at this time there's not a lot to really go on 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 how to how to handle these kind of scenes especially with the budget that he had that's true you know if you had if you had another you know 20 30 million dollars yeah you could you could probably the thing that comes to my mind i mean it's not a great movie but in uh x-men apocalypse like in order to depict like what a telekinetic fight would be like they kind of depict apocalypse and professor x fighting in professor x's mind yes yes yeah and it's 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 like this they basically create a realm a a mental realm where they are fighting yeah. Um, something like that could have been interesting for sure. But again, like that's, you know, beyond the budget and scope of this film. True. And it might just not have been something that they wanted to do. They might have just wanted it to be more physical and not necessarily about the mental because they were trying to show how far Cameron's progress is coming, basically, with his abilities. So there could have been a number of reasons why they didn't have a, a visual cue for the audience or for the characters. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, so then uh, Cameron he finds this is pretty much a scanner like meetup group, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a bunch of people who are scanners who are like kind of being trying to be under the radar. Um, and again, he meets this woman that he met at the uh, at um, the gallery. Yeah, the gallery. So he meets the woman again, and they kind of kick things off. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they so then they all get together and they kind of. They do this. I don't know. It's like it's almost like a seance or something. Like they're they're yeah. they're they're like I guess they're they're trying to collectively use their powers and amplify their powers. I guess in a way. Yeah, it's kind of like this um, group meditation. I feel like mm-hmm. where they're trying to tap into each other's energy and boost it, and just it's a very intimate thing. You know, to if you could be inside multiple people's heads all at once and sharing the same thoughts and the fa- same feelings and experiencing things that they've gone through it's a very intimate very um emotional process because she seems to be on the side of just like let's just use this to be better people almost and to support other people like us because not everyone can live like this um clearly it drives some people crazy Mm -hmm. um and also like to just drown out any of the other white noise of other regular people um that seems to be kind of her shtick is just peace love and harmony and that's cool yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a really interesting scene, seeing them all together. Um, then of course, you know, things go wrong. Of course. The the assassins show up again. They bust into the house. There was someone kind of keeping watch. They beat the crap out of this guy, kill him. And then they, they bust into the that room and they, again, shotgun blast someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, then one of, someone in one of the scanners sets these people, the assassins on fire. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. Like, because it just—it's that's why they don't need other powers. That's why they the telekinesis is is so powerful because you can just conjure anything 
to then project yeah. it onto a, a living vessel or something like that and manipulate their mind into seeing something. Um, that's why I think telekinesis would be the coolest superpower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially if you had something like what you can do in this film. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, these people are crazy yeah, <laughs> powerful. It's boundless, you know what I mean? Like, it's totally boundless. If you wanted to make them think that they're drowning, you could make them think that they're drowning and kill them that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so then everyone scatters. They they get into, like, some kind of, like, like one of those hippie vans, mm -hmm. and they're, they're driving off. The assassins come, intersect them again. They blast their car. Uh, the car crashes into a record store, and there's kind of like a another another fight breaks out in the record store um and then yeah cameron sort of okay so cameron uh is confronted by this assassin he cameron overpowers him doesn't kill him uh just sort of controls his mind and then he goes into his mind to find more information about how he can find daryl and that leads them to this uh this company Biocarbon Amalgamate. <laughs> That's a mouthful. That's the name of the company. Um, so yeah, and so uh, now Cameron and this woman, I, I I really forget her name, unfortunately, but like I, the two of them now they're together on this journey. Yeah, she's, uh, she's working with him. Yeah, she's begrudgingly. I yeah. think her name's Kim. I think it's Kim. Is her name Kim of the Oprah. character? Yeah, Kim. Yeah, Oprah or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, they're working together. She's kind of just doing it for self-preservation because she kind of figures this might be the safest place for her is with this guy because he has connections and contacts, and they're going to get to the bottom of everything that's going on. And what's ironic is that he's working for a corporation he doesn't realize is totally isn't it completely squeaky clean, and then <laughs> Daryl just has his own corporation too that's working against them. Um, yeah, that was, that was funny to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all, all the corporations are evil all of them. and it's like, it's like, it's basically like, like, um, like Skynet is working for Hydra. Yes. Exactly. Or something. <laughs> oh, that would so happen. That'd be an evil yeah, yeah. 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 Where you're like, Oh, Skynet is so evil. It's like, no, no, you have no idea. Like Skynet is just a puppet. <laughs> Really? Hail Hydra. You just, yeah. have, you just have like a, a Terminator go Hail Hydra. Oh my god. That'd be that'd be scary. Oh or my actually, god. What would be better would be the T one thousand doing the Hail Hydra thing. Well, I was just thinking like if Arnold said it with that accent. Oh. Oh my god, with the German accent, like well the Austrian, Austrian accent. I'm like, oh <laughs> Yeah, that would hit a little different. <laughs> Yeah. Captain America versus the T eight hundred. That reminds me, the great one of the one of the craziest comics of all time. They had this crazy story arc where Cap was a Hydra agent. I heard that. Yeah. Man, this this made the internet go crazy. Oh, I'm sure. The internet went crazy. But, like, this is kind of, like, comics is in this weird place where they're super socially relevant, but no one reads them. Yeah. And so they they, mm -hmm, they do these things every once in a while where it's like, well, let's, let's you know, <clears throat> um, like, Superman's dead. 
Spider-Man's black, <laughs> which, you know, that worked out. Um, it, it really actually did. Um, or like, I don't know. I don't, like, you know, they just, or high, Cap is, Cap is, uh, part of, yeah, Cap's a Nazi. You know, they just do this stuff um, because it's the only way to get attention. Yeah, which which is weird because it's like they're so socially relevant, but no one reads the comics. No one cares about and is invested in the in reading the source material. But they, everyone knows Superman. Everyone knows Captain America. Everyone knows mm-hmm. Iron Man. So yeah, that was one of the things they did. And what's funny too is then they they actually basically had that in Endgame. Oh yeah, yep, I remember that. Hail Hydra. <laughs> And the that elevator was crazy. scene, right? That's when he yeah. says that. And I love that because the guys in the elevator are like, holy shit. What? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, no. It's kind of like they feel like this deep-seated secret society that they're already in, like lifelong. It's, yeah. It still gives them like a twist. And it it's fun. even deeper. Yeah, yeah. That was such That was such a good scene because like, you know, you're expecting to see like the Winter Soldier scene again. Mm-hmm. And instead, you get this insane payoff. (laughs) Yeah, you're kind of expecting it to go a little differently because he's already been there before. He knows what they're gonna do, but instead, he doesn't even need to lift a finger. He does. He knows exactly how to them, which is just that. Oh, and Chris Evans delivered it so wonderfully. Yeah, that that, the delivery was amazing, and like it was good. They were. I just love that moment. They're like, "Holy shit, he is." That's Captain America. He's working for with us. Yeah, yeah, and he just walks out. Like how much cooler Captain America was to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they were probably just. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That that was such a great moment. And like the man, when I saw it the first time, like people like were blown away. Like mm-hmm. that was one of the the moments where they got the biggest reaction for sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Okay, back to the plot. <laughs> so yeah. So now at this point. They know about the 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 smaller company, Biocarbon Amalgamate. Um, Cameron decides to take Kim in with him to uh, Comsec. So he said he tells them, "Oh, she's she's like she's a double agent for us. She's someone who works for Daryl, but she's going to give us information." Um, but Daryl and Brayden they have a meeting again, and they're like, mm, and Daryl's like. There's no way that she's like works for me. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, he tells Brayden, "You gotta get the real information out of her and take her out." Uh, so this is yeah, no worries. So this was a really interesting scene to me. Uh, so then they bring in Kim, right? And then Brayden is gonna interrogate her by himself in a room, which was interesting. I don't know. I, I I guess, but like. Do, do corporations really do that? I I don't want to know what they do, honestly, sometimes. Yeah. Like, it just, it was, this is the part of the film Maybe. where it really kind of felt like it was starting to fall apart a little bit. Like, I, it, <laughs> like, this is the part. Like, everything up until yeah. I, like, I could, I was like, okay, okay, let's, I'll take it, I'll buy it. And then as soon as they got back, it was just one weird turn after another, and it just, like the first thing he Keller says when he walks into the interrogation room is like he compliments how hot she is. <laughs> like you lost the interrogation room right there. Like you literally lost all of her cooperation, trust, and integrity in you, the person who she thinks is supposed to be like on her side. You're so hot. It's just like, 
Okay, I don't trust you now. I really don't. Like, <laughs> like, why not try and get her to, you know, be comfortable and want yeah. to talk? And that we just you're so attractive. And <laughs> I just yeah. Tell you. Now tell me, how can I protect you? <laughs> like, yeah. Like Zab Brannigan walked in there from Futurama. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, this, this like most films. Are, are made basically someone thinks up the beginning they think up the ending and they have to figure out everything in the middle yeah that's the hardest part for me when i'm writing something is yeah. literally the middle yeah because you gotta really i don't know there are ways to get around it but generally the the easiest way to make it work is to have a strong structure around your film because the the more you've structured it out the more you're gonna know in advance okay i'm gonna like this is the problem part of this film it's like what the hell is the point of all this stuff that we've gotten to this point? Yeah, exactly. Because, like, he's really realistically, Cronenberg's is trying to get to the point in the end where Daryl and um, Cameron fight. Like that. That's that's what we're waiting for at this point. And it's just like, how much longer can we string this out before we get to that point in the film? Yeah, and. The interrogation obviously does not go well because she figures out pretty quickly this guy's gonna kill me. And there's a yeah. bit of dialogue where he's just like, I've heard things about you, you're not really a scanner. I don't know if he's referring to the conversation he had with Daryl earlier in the film where Daryl confirms that there is no spy who's been caught mm-hmm. or if there was some part of the film that we missed that maybe sure, got yeah. cut or something where she's because mm-hmm. I thought that might have actually been an interesting twist where she's just a normal person who's trying to help these people and everyone just assumed she was a scanner um, because we still again we don't really know anything about her which is another issue that I had with the film is that I didn't know enough about yes. anyone to really care too much I get with Cameron because he doesn't he's supposed to be a clean slate you know He's supposed to form a new self with these new powers that he's discovered and been given, basically. But that there's that weird bit of dialogue, <clears throat> and then she is a scanner, and she's she's just running around this facility, and no one's caught her yet. It's just yeah, 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 it's yeah. So hard. the whole thing, yeah. There's a weird. So like at first, <clears throat> first setup is like uh, the doctor doesn't give them the 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 shot of stuff that that sedates their powers as a as a thing of trust then uh the dr ruth meets with cameron and they have this basically expository discussion about what's actually going on uh biocar biocarbon amalgamate is run by daryl and he's 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 pretty much using it to create these drugs um and that company was Ruth's old company that he used to run. Yeah. So yeah, okay. like Daryl yeah. is taking over his that over Ruth's company. I don't know how. <laughs> That's never really explained. No, it. not at all. And he's producing ephemeral or some other drug to put on the market for pregnant women to create more scanners. Because at yeah. one point in the film, they find a doc. I can't remember if it's before or after. Yeah. They get back to Consac. It, it's it's after. So okay. like a couple other things happen. Yeah. Um. So let's see. So they at, at the end of this hubbub at, at Comsec. Like oh yeah. By the way. So yeah. The, the, this this part of the movie is just so crazy. So then Doctor Ruth just like goes crazy or something. He finds out that 
they need to get Something. to a computer. They need to get to a computer to find the list of scanners, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all hell breaks loose pretty fast because um, Kim escapes. She uses her scanner abilities to subdue Keller because he's being a weird, creepy son of a bitch. And she gets out, and he hits an alarm, and then again, all hell breaks loose, and Cameron decides, "I can't go with you, Doctor Ruth. I have to go save." Kim, I have to make sure she's okay. The jig is up, and Dr. Ruth is like, no, you need to come, and we need to find this list that's more important than one person. And Cameron goes against that. And <laughs> Dr. Ruth has this weird inner monologue that turns out to be not a mo- Like, it stops being an inner monologue, and he's just talking out loud and wanders into a room. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy yeah, for real. was just like, he's like, I've been hiding the secret and all these other things, and I'm just like, you're telling no one important. Like, you're literally telling no one important. And then Keller comes along and shoots. <laughs> what the hell no was that? There's no cameras. The security is crap. Um, in, a, in a security company, your security sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell was that scene? I don't even I don't even know. I think they were setting up for the reveal, the reveal, yeah. the reveal later on in the film. But I feel like you could have done it without that weird bit of dr ruth it was just it was just too it just ran like no one else had had, there was had been no other inner monologue throughout the entire film and all of a sudden he's just oh Oh my god oh my god the looks he was getting it was just so like what the hell happened movie where where am i what's going on i don't i did read that david cronenberg had a very difficult time making this film he said it was his most frustrating (laughs) film he had ever made so like i can appreciate that aspect of it but it just fell apart the best part of the escape scene in my opinion was when cameron and kim meet up and they use their separate powers and you can kind of see how he uses his and she uses hers um against the two security guards the only two security guards in the um so i thought that was kind of interesting i liked that scene hers takes that's when hers takes on a visual representation when the security guard sees his mother in her face and mm-hmm. it freaks him the hell out. And I, I liked that part of it. Whereas Cameron's is a little bit more of like maybe a physical thing and not necessarily a visual thing. So maybe that's like a cue of how their powers are the same, but how they use them is very different. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah, especially the stuff with the mother. That was really, that was really cool. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, like of all the power, the ways we've seen their powers, that was probably the most uh, like tangible for us to understand what's going on exactly so i really like that yeah i liked that scene too it was i, I that moment in that whole shit show uh, yeah. of nonsense and chaos that was going on and cameron kind of feels ruth die i feel like at one point i feel like the gun goes off and cameron kind of stops for a second kind of like this obi-wan thing yeah um, like i yeah. felt the souls of a thousand mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was kind of neat but yeah, and then then they escape. They find then they escape. Out. Yeah, it's it's it is a disaster. Anyway, so that scene's over. <laughs> so then Cameron, uh, we get some more complex stuff. So now at this point, uh, Braden is he's just like taking over pretty much. And there's this weird scene where they're in some lab with a bunch of you know Poindexter dudes with glasses, and they're at computers typing away, uh, and. You know, they're like, oh, hey, boss, so uh, someone hacked us. It's like, what? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yeah. <a> security company. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So Cameron hacked. This was really kind of cool too. So he used the the phone line to hack into their company, and I think Dr. Ruth described it as like <clears throat> like a computer has a nervous system as well, and so you can get into the nervous system of the computer the same way you could a human. Mm-hmm. So he's using that to get more information out of the out of their computer. Uh, so then uh, Braden tells him, "Oh, hit the, basically hit the self destruct button, like blow up the whole." Like, delete everything. Like, lock him out. Like, yeah. So, begrudgingly, this, this guy does it. At gunpoint. <laughs> at, yeah, at gunpoint from Brayden. Uh, he hits the button. So, this is supposed to kill Cameron. So, Brayden was like, oh, yeah, it'll kill him. It'll be like, uh, you know, him and the computer are one, so it's going to kill him. Ha ha ha. Uh, no, didn't kill him. <laughs> yeah. This was a really interesting scene, too. So, like, we see everything shutting down on the computer. And then the, the things go haywire. Um, we like the telephone line starts catching flame. The the telephone the phone itself melts, mm-hmm. and then the computers just explode. They explode, and they they we don't find out until later. But basically, it kills everybody. In yeah, that. I like that that one guy who's like, "No, it's just gonna turn off." See, and then kaboom. <laughs> that was great. And Keller goes flying and is killed. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Um, that guy's dead now. Um, but yeah, I just love that one point Dexter who's just like, it's fine. <laughs> boom. Yeah, boom, he's dead. He's dead. I don't know if they meant for that to be funny, but I laughed. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like the moment of like the phone actually melting in his hand, though. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool. It was weird, too. It was like, they're near a gas station, and then some guy is just like, oh, my God. Like, Oh, shit. It, it was like um, the, the gasoline fight from, from Zoolander. Oh, God. <laughs> and he just, yeah. like, drops it, and then the, the freaking place explodes. It was like there were too many unnecessary explosions. Like, we didn't – I just felt like it didn't need it. Like, the car – like, cars can hit a solid object and not explode. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing. Um, but yes. that first explosion happened, and then just one after another. It just, there was too many action action movie elements in, in yeah. it, I feel like, that weren't appropriate for what the story was. Um, but whatever, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Um, I'm guessing the producers wanted explosions or something. I, I don't know. More explosions. Thank God they didn't say boobs or anything like that. We just got explosions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So okay, so that that's happened. Now they've they 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 have more information, and so then they go to this is when they go to the doctor. Yeah, it's hella random. They just go to this doctor. I mean, they they probably got the information from the computer or whatever, so they they were informed. Thankfully, so he go, wasn't too far away. <laughs> yeah, he was down the street. He was down the street. So they go to this doctor, and. This is where, so there's a couple interesting things happen. So they go to the doctor. The doctor tells them about ephemeral, which is this drug that's creating scanners. Um, And then uh, Kim gets, she's she's in this waiting room with this pregnant woman. Then she starts sort of bleeding from the nose. Then after this meeting with the doctor, Cameron, uh, Kim basically tells Cameron like, oh, I got scanned by this this baby, like, like the unborn child. Uh, and so now, okay, we finally gotten there. The final confrontation happens. They know where Daryl's at. They go there to meet with him. And so then <laughs> we get the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate, the, well, also the ultimate plot twist, right? 
Yeah. He's yeah. like, Cameron, I am your brother. <laughs> and Dr. Ruth was our father. <laughs> yeah, so Trust your feelings. You know it to be true. True, exactly. Um, we have this Jedi showdown. It's so much like a Jedi showdown because there's always a moment with the uh, with the with the evil Jedi trying to convince the good Jedi this is the right path. You know, you know, yeah. I'm right. you know, I'm right. You were manipulated. You were lied to. You were allowed mm -hmm. to live in the filth, mm -hmm. and you have no memories. They took all that away. It seems good over here, bro. The water's fine, <laughs> but you yeah. know, it must always triumph over evil. And again, I don't. <sighs> I think Daryl's motivations are kind of valid. He has a right to be pissed off. He does a lab rat, pretty much. Um, because Dr. Ruth made this drug, basically a kind of like what we talked about before with um, yeah. Uh, God, I'm glad but, you brought that up. Yeah, right on the tip of my tongue. The drug women were taking basically in the 40s uh -huh. and 50s to uh, alleviate nausea, and he made something similar um, for the maldehyde. That's what it was called, mm -hmm. maldehyde babies. And he made something similar, and it worked perfectly, except the side effect was, hey, your baby's got telekinesis now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your baby's a scanner. Your baby's a scanner. So he basically created this, this whole race of, of scanners, and he's trying to, you know, basically get them under his wing, and he sees himself as almost like Dr. Ruth saw himself as almost like the father of all these babies, which is really cool when you really mm -hmm. think about it. Cause it's like those, there was another scandal about doctors basically artificially inseminating women with their own essence basically. And there was, that has happened in the past and it was really big problem. That's what it also kind of reminded me of because his children were the template of it and he knew yes. the consequences and yet he still allowed it to happen. And yeah. He's, it was so, I thought that was just such a creepy, dark mm -hmm. twist for the film, which I felt was, it was, it didn't, I didn't hate it or anything like that. Um, but that was an interesting element that they threw in there that just kind of grossed me out in a way. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's really good that you brought up the, what was it, formaldehyde? Yep. Yeah. Cause like that, in the end, that's kind of, <clears throat> that's what this film's about. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, the, it's, it's kind of, coming to fruition the the effects of these these drugs these companies have created yeah because at this point in yeah. time when the movie comes out all of those children who survived are grown yeah and attempting to live normal lives and those those kids are still alive like the kids of the the mouth that was my parents generation you know like being born in the mid to late 50s that was them and it was in production for a really for longer than it should have been um and it took them long, a long time to figure out what it was called, where it was coming from, because it wasn't just an isolated event. So, yeah, it definitely was a, I don't know if that was what the whole movie was supposed to be about, but it was definitely a, a metaphor and a tie into something that was real. Yeah, yeah, that was part of the thematic currents, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now we get, you know, <coughs> sorry. Bless you. Um, yeah, thank you. So... Now we get the the Jedi. I mean the scanner battle. So you know, <laughs> Daryl tells him come to the dark side because you've been yeah, like you said, you've been lied to. The dark side is more powerful, and we should rule the galaxy <laughs> together. Yeah, because Daryl's end game is to do exactly what his dad did, basically, which is create more scanners. Mm -hmm. so yeah, create more scanners. Is he really any better? Kind of a thing, and I think Cameron kind of figures that out and just like yeah. No. He's like, we will end the rule of two, and we will, <laughs> we will teach all these Padawans. But yeah, he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, Cameron's not going to do that. 
so then they 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 go at it in a scanner way. Yeah, and Daryl's uh, kind of like, I'm gonna suck your brain dry, basically, and you'll be in me, and we will be one kind of a thing. We'll be he'll be even more powerful. Yeah. So yeah, this battle was like very interesting. So like they did this cool stuff with like practical effects, like the veins popping out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, uh, Cameron tearing off pieces of his face, which is a yeah. huge thing to do in the eighties. Everyone was ripping off their face. Um, <laughs> well, because it's very dramatic, probably, and it's ah, nobody wants to tear their face off. So. Yeah, that is pretty dramatic. So he's like, he's basically just wasting away, and it's not. It's kind of unclear. It's kind of clear who's winning the physical side of it, but yes. who's winning like the mental like side of it because yeah, we don't really know yeah it's wearing cameron out physically but how is his mind doing that's the important thing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then cameron just like catches fire mm-hmm. like he does doesn't he do he does like this or something and then he like catches fire i think yeah he's kind of like out like this and it's and you can see that daryl seems a little bit more worried it's a very expressive battle of the mind <laughs> it's very, yeah it is um because at one point, Daryl seems worried, even though his body isn't catching on fire. He's not really wasting away. Um, but he seems, like, kind of worried. Like, the the scales are turning a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, we get that one really famous shot where um, where Daryl, his eyes go white. And he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, And that's, like, the end of the battle. <laughs> Yeah, and then it cuts away. Yeah, and then, and then um, so Kim, <laughs> so Kim wakes up in the other room. She's been there like the whole time. Just taking a nap. <laughs> She's taking a nap. I don't think there was any guard on her or anything. She just wanders out. No, she yeah, she literally walks, she opens the door, and there she finds what happened. She sees Cameron's immolated body, completely burned. Mm-hmm. And she finds Daryl. He's still alive, but Daryl has Cameron's. We hear Cameron's voice. I think he has Cameron's eyes too. Yeah, he's got like there's some contacts in there. I think it's kind of a mixture of both of their eyes because I feel like it was a layover or some kind of sound mixing with both Cam with both Cameron's and Daryl's voices because it was kind of distorted. And he's kind of just like, "We want Kim. I am. I am both." Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. That's so they, power. so they like fused. I think they are. I think mm. I think they are. It was a way of because I I don't because it's like who was stronger. It was like a battle of the minds, but not a battle of the of the body kind of a thing. And Cameron just fuses his consciousness over Daryl. Yeah, so they're they're one, they're one person. Um, but it seems like like Cameron is the one in control, really. Yeah, the Cameron personality. Yeah, because he recognizes Kim and he tells her that they won. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess he did win, but I feel like that's going to be an even bigger uphill battle. And what if, what if um, Daryl ends up becoming stronger? I've never seen the right. sequel, so. I yeah, I, I haven't either. Um, I don't think Cronenberg was related to them, so I, I'm not really super excited about watching them. I might watch a sequel okay I might, I might, because if this is a 20-year franchise that i didn't know about i'm i'm very curious to find out what else they did with just to see how they expanded the world a little sure, bit yeah. because there's some world building behind it if there's a 20-year franchise so 
I mean, it definitely kind of leaves you with some questions, you know, because it's yeah. like, okay, what, what, what happens to the company? What happens with all the drugs? What happens with all the other scanners? Exactly, because now not only Cameron knows where all the scanners are, he knows who they are. He has that in his head, but so does Daryl now. And again, if Daryl becomes strong again... Yeah, he takes over. Yeah, like I feel like that's... I don't think either of them should have lived, personally. That's just too much power. Yeah, it would have been cool to like see like Cameron immolate and then uh, Daryl like is explode. <laughs> I was waiting for another head exploding, personally. Yeah. And then- Kim takes on the mantle of looking for the rest of the scanners because because she is the more maternal. She's just as strong, or maybe not just as strong, but she has her own powers too. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was interesting film. Um, so so like, how do you feel like this compares with like Videodrome, the the other film we saw of his? Um, they're, they're very different. Videodrome is very much about the sadistic sexual side of human nature and mm-hmm. how we were just primal animals that want to just hurt each other all the time. Um, and then this is something about, I liked the story of scanners more, the idea at least a little bit more. Um, Videodrome just didn't, it had an interesting progressive message that has aged well, but the film itself hasn't. It just hasn't. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like Videodrome taps into a more hedonistic side of human nature. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about like what because I, I really feel like scanners like the the thing that comes out to me thematically is like, you know, the effects of this industrialization that we've we've created and like, you know, what are the the offshoots of that and how they affect society and how, you know, these things kind of going to come back to haunt us in yeah, a way. They come back to haunt us in the form of our kids and what we, you know, instill in them as as young children and i still didn't i just still didn't like it <laughs> yeah yeah and not because david cronenberg's a bad director or anything like that i just think the, the movie had a lot of issues and it just fell apart once they got back into concept the whole film just started unraveling really really fast yeah that scene with the doctor when he's talking to himself and then i just he's like yeah the inner monologue it was like what the hell is going on and yeah it's like where did this come from it's if there had been more inner monologues at the beginning of the movie where it was more present and constant, maybe inner monologues still are very hard to pull off because I don't know. I just didn't like it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think that that scene really drug a lot of the film down. Yeah. So. It did. And again, I didn't, I didn't know enough about the characters except Daryl who I'm supposed to root against. I didn't know enough yeah. about anybody. Um, we don't find out why Cameron is the way he is until Daryl tells us. Um, mm-hmm. Daryl's a more sympathetic character, and he's the villain. Um, pardon me. Um, yeah, like Kim, we don't know anything about her, like at I, all. Like clearly, she's connected to Ben somehow because she's at his gallery, and they're both hiding out from Daryl. But I don't know anything. I don't know why she's doing it. I don't know what started her journey. Like. There was more exposition, I feel like, on the companies and things that really I didn't care about than more on the characters. Yeah. And I cared about the, it, mm-hmm. I cared more about the characters in altered states because, again, I see this budding romance. We see them fall in love and their relationship deteriorate. And then I see them become friends while they're still in love with each other. And while he's going through these different evolutionary processes, I was able to really care about them more. For sure, yeah. There was there was a lot. Like the characters are super flat. Like they're just sort of conduits of these ideas. 
And I know the actor who played Cameron didn't continue acting, um, but he was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) His delivery of his lines, I I don't understand why he was cast. Maybe he gave a better audition. Maybe he's super nervous. I don't know. But his dialogue delivery compared to anyone else was a negative five for me. I don't even know. Like, it was just so bad. Yeah. Like, Kim, we have to get out. (laughs) (laughs) Why was I think he ended up becoming a really world renowned sculptor or a painter or something like that. So good for him. Yeah, good. Um, But yeah, just. The acting was not 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 very good. Not very good. The acting left a lot to be desired for sure. Like other than Michael Ironside, like the rest is like. But like you know, when you're put in when you're when you're put in the position of like, okay, you have an inner monologue, act it. Like I I don't know what to do. I wouldn't know what to do. No, it's I, just, I don't know what to do with that scene. Yeah, the facial expressions were just so over the top. It was so much. Then just don't. Then just have him talking to himself. Because eventually he just was yeah. talking to. It started as an inner monologue, and then he was just talking to himself and just sat in a random room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. Yeah, but that left a lot to be desired, as you said. Yeah, it did. For sure. Um, yeah. So I, I guess that's uh, that's our overall. That's our thoughts on scanners. Yeah. Feel yeah. like you know. <laughs> it, there was some cool stuff. Yeah, it really, it really felt like this was like you know the X Men. This is like the indie X Men movie on a yeah, certain level. Because we usually see telekinesis being portrayed in superhero films and stuff like that, so it kind of had this had the superhuman power without the superhero storyline. Um, mm-hmm. And our mm-hmm. heroes just kind of boring anyway. So yeah, our heroes very boring. Um, yeah, and then we mix in some like kind of Star Wars. I'm your father, brother. <laughs> join the dark side stuff. Because <laughs> yeah, like, like uh, Empire came out a year before this, right? Oh, Pretty sure. It? Yeah, this wow. this came at eighty one. So uh, I feel like it had to have been in the air. Like I, I feel like that, you know. Yeah, that whole good versus evil thing uh-huh. for sure, and yeah. If it, they definitely seem to be inspired by that a little bit with elements of Daryl, because again, like if he's anything like Magneto, like I've always liked Magneto personally. Like this is yeah. a guy who had a really rough start, um, so I kind of I feel the same way about Magneto that I do about Daryl, which is like, yeah, he's evil and he's trying to take over the world, but I understand why he's mad. <laughs> I get why yeah. he's mad. And he should be mad, right? Yeah, he should be. So, yeah. So, I, I guess uh, what will be your rating for this one? My rating? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a three. Okay. A three. That's probably it. Yeah. I I think I would give it somewhere around. I would. I didn't think it was that bad. I would probably give it like a like a five and a half. I didn't think it was terrible. Some of the stuff was cool. I mean, like, look the the head exploding stuff. Like, no, you know that. That's really that's that's that is in the popular ethos. Yeah, so is true. the like you know that that shot at the end of uh, Michael Ironside with his eyes like they're white and he's like, ah! you know. oh, yeah, he's on the poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that stuff is cool. Um, I think some of the powers set stuff is cool, but yeah, it leaves a lot to be desired. And there's there's you know it just I don't know it just felt like there was some problems probably with the budget. There was probably some problems with like the producers, like the people, the other people he was working with. I'm sure that they were tightening the screws and the, there was a lot of things he didn't totally want. 
to have happen end up happening. Yeah, in the film. it it so. sounded like he had a Cronenberg had a really uphill battle, and he was very frustrated. I mean, he even said he was frustrated during making the film, and I feel like it really comes across that he was not in the best headspace while well, no yeah. um, while making <laughs> the film. Um, I feel like that can greatly affect how a film's final edits and its final production. Um, that your director wants to just be done, that he just wants to be yeah. finished with it. Yes. Maybe that's why the middle is so bad because maybe he was just rushing and wanted to get, just get it over with, and that was the best cut of it that he had. Yeah, he he probably couldn't resolve it with what he was given, and so that's just what he what he got. If that's what he was left with, then damn. That's, yeah, that's really too bad because yeah. he's not a bad director and he's not a bad writer. Like we know that, so thankfully. That we have other movies we can enjoy too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, all right. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's our review of Scanners. Um, so yeah, awesome. So I, one question I have for you: Have you so have you ever watched the 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 series on Netflix, Black Mirror? Have you watched that? I have watched a few episodes from the first season of Black Mirror, but I haven't ever watched it from start to finish. Okay. Have you ever watched uh, the one that they did that was? It was like it was like a spoof of um, Star Trek. Ever watched that? No, I haven't. Okay, I feel like that would be a, <laughs> a good thing for us to watch, possibly in the future. <laughs> Just that one episode. Well, I mean, the nice thing about Black Mirror is that it is different every time, so you can flip and dip if you wanted to, kind of yeah, like a Twilight a, Zone. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's an anthology, so you can totally go in and out. And just, just basically just watch the best ones. So, yeah, maybe that's a potential thing for us to watch. Because it, it is a spoof of Star Trek, and it is a very interesting take on it okay. in the Black Mirror way. I, um, I like when people do that with Star Trek, because it doesn't hurt my feelings. Because I know some Trekkies get so mad and offended by it. <clears throat> I just take it as a, you're just inspired by this, and if this is your your take on it, then I'm going to, I'm going to give it a go. I will. I want to see how you interpret it. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of go there with that. I mean, the whole, the setup and like, you know, cause there's always some right with black mirror. There's like, there's, there's a setup. There's like something that's kind of evil or wrong or immoral. And like how the moral conundrum is, uh, resolved. There's an interesting moral conundrum in that film. Yeah. Um, and that, and I, goes, that goes hand in hand with the twilight zone too. The setup, something's not right. And your hero might actually actually might actually be the bad guy too, which I always yeah. admired. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and you were also talking about maybe talking about Starship Troopers. Yeah, that was a movie you're saying. Yeah, those are that's a fun one to talk about, <laughs> especially you know thinking about it. Was it been like thirty years? At least twenty five years. I forget the director, yeah. but I usually like his name. for Hoven. Verhoeven, yeah, Verhoeven, yeah, like Total Recall. I yeah, I Robocop. Robocop. I have always said after viewing it, Showgirls has more to say than people give it credit for, and you have to really look for it. It's not all good. It's not all good, but this is a this is a very. It's better than I think people want to admit it is. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I I haven't seen that film, but. I think that film just got a lot of crap because it was NC-17 and... It is, and it is for a reason. And not, <laughs> it's, not, it's not just because of the boobs. There's a scene in it that is very, very horrible. Um, mm. Verhoeven has a theme of sexual assault in his films that I'm not always keen on, but they're very realistic. 
And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that a lot of turn a lot of people off, but he's not doing yeah. it because he enjoys it. He's showing it in a very realistic way. He's showing trauma in a very realistic way. <clears throat> um, but it is very, very gratuitous and very awful. Um, but the movie, the movie has a lot more to say than I think people, again, give it credit for. Again, for the NC-17 rating, for other things that happen in it, the acting, again, isn't that great. But this is, it, it, has, it has a message. Didn't he also do uh, Hollow Man? He did, and I actually don't hate Hollow Man. Um, I think it was an interesting take on the whole Invisible Man thing. Um, <clears throat> again, there's another sexual assault yes. scene in that as well. Um, yes. But the, that movie actually still looks pretty good. Like they did some pretty interesting special effects with that film, and it is it has its creepy moments. Like Kevin Bacon wasn't bad in that movie, and I think it has a yeah, young he, Josh. Um, oh God, what's his name? Josh Brolin. Yeah, he is. It is. It is well, Josh Brolin. He's he's been in films since he was a kid. He he was in the freaking Goonies. <laughs> I always forget that. Yeah, I always forget Josh Brolin's been acting since he was a kid. I don't know. Yeah, because he's he's like a Hollywood royal basically. So he's yeah. He's been he's been acting forever, uh, but yeah, he's in that. Um, yeah, it's very creepy. It's very, but like again, like it's it's a guy on a power trip, right? Yep. And you know, yeah, there's one scene where like this where he's he sees this woman who like lives across from him or something or in some hotel, and he goes after her, and it's brutal. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a penthouse right across from where he is, and it's actually the least gratuitous. Of his of Verhoeven's assault mm. scene, <laughs> that I can't believe I'm saying that. I know, um, but uh, it's still very, very creepy. It's very, very creepy. The, the the voyeuristic elements are very, very profound in it, and what someone just knows they can get away with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen the the latest Invisible Man. It's on my list film. actually to watch because yeah. it is supposed to be. I've heard good things about it, and I yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. The acting's great. Um, the directing's really good. I love Elizabeth um, Moss. I love her. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I feel like that film was basically taking like the Hollow Man concept, making it about the woman, and just going further. You know, because like because Hollow Man is like it's it's really from his perspective. The film, for the most part, it's like sort of half yeah. and half, half him, half the the other woman. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. But this. But yeah. That the newest one is just, it's all about the woman being accosted by this invisible man who's on a power trip. And it's just the same kind of stuff pretty much. Ugh. Yeah. Rough. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think uh, we covered everything. Those are some things to look forward in the next episodes. Uh, so yeah. Um, take care everybody. Uh, may the force be with you. Live long and prosper. <laughs>